Good morning. I need three people as excited as I am this morning. Come on. Oh, all right. That's good. That's good. That's good enough. That's good enough. Amen. Thank you for coming back again after last week. We're going to pick up where we left off. (laughs) Here's the quote. Here's a long one. You ready? I just, I saw it at some place and it just, it just, it ministered to me. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. Amen. If you're kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're successful, you'll win some unfaithful friends and gain some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some people may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have. It may never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Amen. Amen. Let me encourage you this morning. Small steps in the right direction are better than big steps in the wrong direction. Let's pray. Father, we ask you right now, God, that you would remove any hindrance, including the speaker. Father, that you would communicate to us, that you talk to us, that you stir something in us, that you, I come against any distraction right now in Jesus' name, any, any rebellion, any stubbornness, any hard-heartedness, God, remove it from us, create us today right now, Lord God, just work in us, God, soften our hearts that we may hear from you, that we would receive your word, and that we would walk in it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're just joining us, we're, we're uh, continuing. We're working on our first love series. We, we started this before the summer. We're going through the book of Ephesians together. Say amen. amen. And we, we said last week, I love this book. This is becoming one of my favorite books. Uh, the, the first half of Ephesians is God's part. It's everything that God has done. It's what he's done for us. It's, it's, it's our calling. It's our commission. If you ever need to be encouraged, read Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. He has hooked you up. He has set us up to succeed. All right, Hassan's happy. That's good. The second half of Ephesians is our part. That's the hard part. Say, "Uh uh-oh. Paul is telling the church, Paul is telling us, Paul is telling each and every one of you, this is who you were, this is what God's done, this is who you can be in Christ, this is God's plan from the beginning. And so we, we said last week, like, letters like Ephesians and Galatians and 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and Romans, those were all letters to the church and to the churches and to the church today, encouraging us and admonishing us and correcting and guiding us from the start, telling them, remember, family, we walk different. Amen? We walk 
different. The whole point of last week's message was to try to get us to come to the realization, listen, that it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter what what people are doing. It doesn't matter what's acceptable in today's society. It doesn't matter what everybody believes. It doesn't matter what's become the norm. Say amen. As believers, we walk different. The norm for God's sons and daughters hasn't changed. Yeah, amen goes there. You want me to start again at the beginning or are we going to catch up? All right, amen. See, I was telling, I was telling you, Paul, <coughs> Paul was telling the people at Ephesus and, and the churches that would follow and come along after, that's us, that it doesn't matter how you were walking before you heard this word, but when you heard this word, now you got to walk different. You got to change your step. So I'm going to pick up where we left off last week. This message, we'll call it, we'll be creative. We call it, we walk different, dos. And so Paul, Paul breaks it down, man. The, 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 the second half of Ephesians, man, it's rough. It's rough. That's not what you want to read when you just want to hear God loves you. And, God, you know, that's not one of, don't pick that. Because it's rough, right? And so Paul breaks it down. He's not delicate about it, so I won't be either. Amen? He says in, 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 in chapter 4 and into 5, he says, this is what he's really saying. You can, you can read it in your word and make sure that I'm not talking deparate and making things up. Read it. But he's saying this. He's saying, stop following the crowd. Stop getting addicted to everything that everybody else is getting addicted to. And in that, he's talking about sexual promiscuity and sexual and, and, and all kinds of, of, of things. He's saying, we walk different. In verse 25, he says this, this way. I'm just going to read kind of my version, right? He says in verse 25, he says, stop lying. Stop lying to one another. You understand that we're members of one another. So when you lie to each other, you're lying to yourself. He says, stop fronting. Read it, read it, verse 25, chapter 4, verse 20. He says, stop lying, stop fronting. He, he, then he says, he said, you got anger issues? You get angry all the time? Fine, get angry, but don't stay angry. That's in your word, 4, 25. You get angry, but don't stay angry. And don't use that anger, and don't let that anger use you. He's saying, get over it. Get over it before you go to bed at night. If you're married in the room right now, you're not even looking at your spouse. You're like, I've been angry at homeboy for four weeks. I only talk to him on Sundays at church. He's saying, get angry. You could get angry, but just don't, don't. And and look, this is so crazy what he says here. Don't stay angry because when you stay angry, you give the devil a foothold. I want to give you a, a crazy picture of this right now. What is, a, what is, how do we give the devil anything? How do we give the devil a foothold? How, the, I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a son of God. I can, the devil can't have a foothold on my life. Yeah, he can. I want you to picture a foothold, and this is going to mess you up. A foothold is a handle on your backside. 
So when you give the enemy a foothold, he got a handle on your backside. Whenever he wants to, he gets on those handles and gets up on your backside. I know it's not a pretty picture. But you put him there. We put him there. When we give him a foothold, when, when we unforgiveness, bitterness, when we hold grudges, when we stay mad, when we hold on to stuff, and when we even are vengeful, vengeful with stuff, that's giving him a handle. See, there, there, there's things, there's footholds and there's open doors. A lot of, a lot of Christians, they want to come to the pastor, oh, pastor, you got to come to my house and pray over my house because I'm seeing spirits at night. I'm seeing things. Nah, bro, you let him in, you get him out. Why I got to go? What's going to happen if I go? When I go, they'll leave. Because they know me. But when I leave, you're on your own with your handles and your open doors. <laughs> right? So, so we got to, it's got to be really like, you know, we, 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 we put too much stock in people and, and man. This relationship is us. It's us. We, it's me and God. I'm no, I got no like, I wish I had a different past than you did. Like, I, beep, I get into, into VIP access. I got no VIP access with God that you don't have. Come on. Right? Nothing. You got the same access. Your card, you can pull out your card even if you haven't used it in 26 years. You got saved in missionettes like Jillian, right? And you haven't pulled this card out ever. You're like, does my card still work? And, you know, you go to the thing, you go... And you're waiting for it to turn red, but it turns green and the door opens. Come on. Come on. Maybe you haven't tried your card in a while. Oh, this is a whole other message. This went someplace different. Maybe you haven't tried your card in a while. Maybe you got to try and see if you have access to the throne room of God. Because that's what the word says. As sons and daughters, we can come before the throne room of God. But the problem is that we have these handles and these open doors and these foot. All right, let's, let's, let's slow down. So he says, stop lying, stop fronting. You got anger issues? Don't, don't, don't give the devil, don't give the enemy that kind of foothold. We walk different. We walk different. Verse 28. I mean, he's getting all in your business, verse, in our business. Verse 28, he said, do you use to steal to make ends meet? Stop that. Get a job. Ay, ay, ay. I felt like there was a lot of elbows going on right now. Get a job. Pastor just told you to get a job. Did you hear him? Did you hear him? I'm glad you came. Pastor just told you to get a job. He says, get a job so that you can help others who can't work. Wait a minute. So the job ain't even for you. Get a job so that you can help others who can't work. See, this is what we got again. This is Ephesians, man. This is kingdom thinking. We, we are all about, we live in a selfie society. Everything's about self. I don't want you to feel too convicted, but pull out your phones and look through your, your last seven months of posts. If it's all selfies, this is me. This is me at church. This is me at worship. Stop taking a picture and worship. This is me doing the preaching. This is me feeling convicted. This is pastor yelling at me. He's an angry Cuban. This is me after church. This is the pizza. This is the pizza I ate. I ate too much pizza. This is me fat from pizza. This is... 
We're in a selfie. We live in a selfie. Everything is self, self, self. He's saying kingdom thinking is about other people. It's not about, look, this is me looking good. Kingdom is about the one another's. That's why there's like 59 one another's. He says, through all the books of Paul and, and, and Jesus, love one another, care for one another, encourage one another, be at peace with one another, don't grumble with one another, be of the same mind with one another, don't challenge or envy one another, gently, patiently tolerate one another. That, that's, that's funny, that's thrown in there because there's some people that are just hard to get along with. Amen? I love that there's a clause in there. that He's saying, listen, you got to love everybody. Some people you got to gently tolerate. But that's in there too. Isn't that beautiful? Gently, patiently tolerate one another. Confess to one another. Give preference to one another. Serve one another. Be subject to one another. Bear one another's burdens. Pray for one another. Be hospitable to one another. Teach and admonish one another. Here's one for the single brothers. You love this. 1 Peter 5.14. Greet one another with a kiss. Single, I'm sorry, ladies. I just did that to you. First, if they start quoting 5 Peter, 1 Peter 5.14, just walk before they finish. Because they're about to kiss you. Forgive one another. Don't seek good for one another. Don't complain against one another. Kingdom thinking is about making things not about you. What would happen if the church was not about us? And we just understood that we're the church. Not about us. We are the church. Amen? Verse 29, he goes on. Check this out. He's going to deal with every area. I mean, I think there's even a part here about skinny jeans. I mean, he just goes in. No, no, he doesn't. Verse 29, he says, watch how you talk. Uh Uh-oh. He said, don't let the filthy, foul stuff come out your mouth. I mean, so many Christians who just talk, who talk just like the world around them. And sometimes, sometimes they say, Pastor, excuse my language. Excuse my French. You Puerto Rican, bro. Excuse my language. Paul is saying here in 429, there's no excuse for that language. He says, use your words as gifts. Wow. That powerful? Can you imagine if every word was a gift? Hey, good morning. God bless you. Sister, it's good to see you here today. Amen. You doing good? You encouraged? Amen. Hey, I thought about you the other day, but I was praying for you after you beat me in bowling because you learned watching YouTube, bro. Amen? Amen? Every word is a gift. He watched three YouTube videos and beat all the men's ministry in bowling. Except Derek. Derek got this little hop that you can't beat him. And it's just, yeah, yeah, you can't touch, you can't touch that dude. Um, but imagine if every word was a gift. Say only, the ESV puts it this way, say only was beneficial for the building up. So imagine if my only, every word that I share was only beneficial to build you up. Imagine what the church could be and, and, and the good that we could do. So, now, some people read these scriptures and say, man, the Bible is just a set of rules, bro. It's all about this. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I can't do that. And that's the way the world sees the Bible. The Bible is a set of rules, man. And people know they need it. People know they need God. But they say, you know, when, when, I'm, when I could get my life together, then I'll come. Because there's a lot of rules up in church. Can I, 
that's just not the heart of God. Can we, even, even some of us in here, we're pretty legalistic with people and we judge people right off the bat, just the way they look or the way they talk, and we judge them. We judge, oh, they got no relationship to God like I do. We judge, right? We just judge. Can we, can we um, see that that's, like not, that's not the heart of God? Even when we look at the beginning in Genesis, when God created man, he, it says in, in, in chapter 1, it says, God created man in his image, by male and female. He created them male and female. That's another message. He created them, and God blessed them, and God said to them, look what God told man when he first made them. He said, be fruitful, m- multiply. What does that mean? He put male and female together naked and happy and unashamed. And he said, make more. See, the church makes sex dirty. Sex is not dirty. God invented it. All right, that's too much for you. I'm sorry. Some of you don't even want to look at me. You're like. He, he said, be fruitful. He said, multiply. He said, fill the earth, subdue the earth, rule over the fish of the sea, rule over the birds of the sky, rule over every other living thing that moves on the earth. And then all of this, 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 all these do's. Then he said, oh, there's one tree in the garden. Of every other tree you may freely eat, there's one tree. Don't eat it because because if you eat it, you're going to die. So it it may count there, I don't know, that's like seven do's and one don't. That's the heart of God. He's a do God, not a don't God. You you get me? He's a do. It's like if if my my brother was doing heroin and and, and he's wasting away and he's lost his job and he lost his family, he lost his relationship, he's, he's alone. And I talk to my brother and I bring him in and I say, bro, stop doing heroin, man. Am I all about the rules? Or am I just trying what I want what's best for my brother? Right? Stop doing this. This is not good for you. God, all the don'ts in the word, all the, all the admonish or the encouragements in the word are for our good. He don't want you to have five baby daddies before you're 19. And if you have baby, he wants those baby daddies to be responsible. He wants them to, to you, you understand this? The, all the do's, all the don'ts in the word are to, for our good. They're for our benefit. That's not the heart of God. The creator of all that is good created parameters for what he designed. I know some of, especially men, we don't read directions. But the person that created something, they got directions for how this thing works. We only go to the directions when we can't figure it out. Like Ikea furniture. There's something called contextualization. Right? We, we put things in context, right? And, and the danger for us today when we hear <coughs> these words and, and when we hear what Paul said to this church at Ephesus and when we hear almost anything from the scriptures, the, the danger is that some people tend to think, well, that was for them because things were different back then. Anybody felt that way? Yeah, you're wrong, but I mean, you could agree, amen? You ever felt like, well, that's for them. You know, that's not, that doesn't apply today, you know. And people make me laugh with this all the time. They say, the Bible's so old, bro. Like, come on, man. It's a little outdated. You ever heard that? You ever shared that? Do you still feel that? It was written for different people back then. It's old-fashioned. We need to update things. Like, you know, the word needs to be, the word is outdated. We can't really expect to live like that. 
Listen, no matter what you think, let me just put it in this context. Ephesus wasn't an easy place to come preach this message. Ephesus was not an easy place to live this either. As a matter of fact, let's get on a tour bus right now and let's go to Ephesus. Let me take you to Ephesus for a minute. Because I want you to see where Paul stood and shared this message with people. Where Paul gathered the church and was sharing everything that I've been hitting, hitting you with. This is where he preached this. This is Ephesus. Ephesus was a very powerful city in that time. It was surrounded by water on two fronts. So it was a commerce. It was a place where people would come. It was the entrance to Asia. And so it was a, a huge chief commercial city. It was the center of goddess worship. It was the center of goddess worship. It had a population of like 300,000 back then, which back then is huge, right? The temple of Artemis is what Ephesus was known for. There was a huge temple of Artemis, or the Romans called her Diana. And according to our, to, to, um, at, at Ephesus, it was ranked one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. That's how elaborate this, this, this temple was. It was 377 feet long. It was 151 feet wide. It, it was the first Greek temple built totally out of marble. It, its columns stood 40 feet high. In double rows that formed a wide ceremonial passage around the cellar. And that's what housed the goddess's cult image. This goddess, this cult image is a multi-breastess image. Was, was the goddess Diana, Artemis. Right? And, and, and she, was, she was reputed to have come directly from Zeus. And, and Romans were big into the Greek mythology. So they said Zeus literally dropped this, 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 this god... From, from the skies, from the universe, from the heavens, Zeus dropped this, this thing. And so they, they worshipped this multi um, um statue, and, and she was the goddess of fertility, right? And they worshipped her. She was, and it was so big in the city that, that, that um, uh, they, they were 30, she was so big, there were 33 temples to her throughout the Roman Empire. That's how in-depth and entrenched people were who worshipped this, this God, right? The city was, 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 it was a huge city. There were Jews there, and, and so the, Jew, the Romans let the Jews have their synagogues and allowed them to have that there because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't bother nobody because they were so religious, nobody was good enough to be with them anyway. So they're not allowed trying to minister to anybody. They're just into their holy huddles and, and, and you know, preaching the word to themselves because that's what they were. Nobody else was good enough. Right? So they let them exist there. So there was a lot of Jews and synagogues there. The Ephesus was also full of, this is a clip from, from a history thing. Ephesus was full of wizards, sorcerers, witches, astrologers, <coughs> diviners of entrails of animals, and people who could read one's fortune by the palm or by the fall of knuckle bones. So wizards, sorcerers, witches, astrologers, basically like one city street in Manhattan. But the main focus was this goddess worship, Artemis, Diana. People would come from all over the world to, to her temple. And very rarely would anyone leave the temple without buying a trinket or an amulet that they could wear or that they can take and place in their home. They would, the, the, the people there made a real big business out of making these, 
these, these amulets and this, these little replicas of the temple and these little replicas of, of Diana so that people could buy. And so they would make them out of wood, out of marble, out of stone, out of gold, out of silver, depending on uh, your cash flow, right? You could buy, but everybody that left there left with one of those little mini gods, right? They were th- she was such a big deal that anyone that stood against her would have some issues. Can we say Amen. The Romans promoted the worship of Diana by minting coins that said Diana of Ephesus. So you know how we have in our money, in God we trust, we don't, but but that's not our money? They had on their money Diana of Artemis. She was on their money, Diana of Ephesus. The place was so seeped in magic arts and mystical healing that when Paul started preaching there and people started to see lives being changed and people being healed, people wanted some of that magic. They saw it as more magic. They saw it as another God to worship. And so people were bringing handkerchiefs that touched Paul and God was healing people with those handkerchiefs. And people said, I want that magic. We read in the book of Acts chapter 19 that he stayed there teaching them for two years. And and God was doing extraordinary miracles there. So some of the Jewish exorcists tried to to use Jesus' name like they did. They were just dropping Jesus' name on people and people were getting healed and people were getting delivered. So the the Jewish exorcists tried to use Jesus' name to, to exorcise a man that was possessed by demons. What does that tell us though? That means... There were people walking around in Ephesus demon-possessed. So there were like people in Ephesus walking around like walking dead. Can you, are you starting to get a picture of this place? Wizards and warlocks and fortune card tellers and, and, and goddess worshipers and people with multi-breasted images hanging on their necks. And demon-possessed. And so it said that the evil spirit in, in that man that was possessed, they, they tried to cast him out. And, and the evil spirit answered him and he said, wait, I know Jesus. I'm acquainted with Paul, but who are you? Who are you? Where you come from? And it said that, that the, the man, the demon in that man beat the seven priests and left them wounded and naked. He beat the clothes off of those guys. Sent them running naked. <laughs> And so when people saw that, fear came over them. And they saw that the name of Jesus was to be respected. That the name of Jesus was to be praised. That there was power in the name of Jesus. Amen? And so Acts 19, 18, it says, Many of those who believed, they came forward confessing and making their deeds known. See, when God shows himself strong, you have two options. You can either repent or you can turn away cold. Verse 19, it says, large numbers of those who practiced the magic arts collected their books and burned them in the presence of everyone. Come on. You, you saw something that's real. You see, God, the name of God is to be trusted. The name of God is to be respected. There's power in the name of God. So you ran home and you took out all your, your witchcraft books. And you took out all your spell books. And you took out all your fake Bibles and your fake doctrine and your fake theology books. And you brought them to the center of the street. And it says they lit them on fire in the presence of everyone. The value of those books when it was added up was found to be like 30, 50 thousand silver coins 
In this way, the word of the Lord continued to grow in power and prevail. So Paul was preaching this word in a place and among a people that were known for idol worship. <coughs> they practiced magic and fortune telling and all kinds of demonic practices in the city. There was men walking around possessed by demons. Let me ask you a question. Does that sound like a safe place to preach? Does that sound like a, a, you know, a, a safe place to say Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end and none of your gods are gods at all? All of your religion, even all of your gods are man-made and powerless. Does it sound like a safe place to preach Ephesians 2 where it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God... But God, you were demon-possessed, but God, you were lost, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loves us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us up with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. If you really think about it, has the world changed that much that this word would be outdated? Let's take the tour bus back to the Bronx. Right here in the Bronx today, there are people gathered on both of these corners to worship men who are no gods at all. And in the side streets, they're hidden temples. We hear them sometimes. The drums and the screaming and the cutting. They're hidden temples right here, right here. You don't have to go far. Right here on these side streets, there are hidden temples and there where people are cutting themselves and crying out to man-made Hindu and Indian gods in their basements. All along East Tremont and Westchester Avenue, you'll find storefront churches who are so bound by legalism and religion that they won't even talk to one another. And right next to them, you'll see stores called botanicas. How many of you have seen those here? They're selling man-made gods in the name of saints and African and Indian spirits with consultations available for fortune-telling and amulets and beads that you can wear to buy and, and wear for good fortune. I'm willing to bet there's people right here in this building right now that are wearing man-made saints on your jewelry. I've seen Santa Barbara's walk into this place. Who... Who, who, by the way, in case you didn't know, because they don't tell you this in your Spanish background, Santa Barbara is a saint that she's a man six months out the year, chango, and she's a woman the other six months out the year. But people are praying to that for guidance. 
Has anything changed much from the time of Ephesus? Is the word of God outdated? Is it speaking to things that no longer exist, that we no longer deal with? No, the same word that they needed to hear back then is the same word we need to hear today. And our children's children are going to need to hear it when we're gone if, we, if the Lord should tarry. Say amen. Acts 19 tells us Paul shared this word and so many people, listen, were converted and gave up their pagan ways that the silversmiths in Ephesus started a riot because they felt their business of making idols was being threatened. He shook commerce. He said, if, if, you, if you tell everybody that she's not a real God, what are we going to do for a living? We make a living selling these little statues with a lot of breasts. What are we going to do from now on? Church, if we would stop trying to see how close we can get and how much we could look like everyone else and started to walk different. Come on, can I talk to you right now? Maybe... Our neighbors and our friends will start to see the power of God working in their lives. And maybe they would start to get well in our presence. Maybe people would want to start to be on the block when we got out of here so that our shadows would start to heal their children as we pass by. Maybe they would start to block our cars so that we would have to engage them and they could feel the presence of the Lord in us and feel safe for a moment. Maybe... Those who have been practicing magic arts and have been bound by it and those who are worshiping man-made gods would come out from their buildings and burn their books and burn their amulets in the middle of our street right here. And then maybe, just maybe, church, if we're not too busy tearing each other up, if we're not too busy complaining about one another, if we're not too busy trying to be the coolest church in the neighborhood and trying to be cooler than the other church up the block, then maybe if we could have an answer for them and we could tell them that there's no other name under heaven and earth by which they can be saved, that Muhammad can save you, that the Pope can bless you, that Santa Barbara can protect you, that Mary can intercede for you, that Satan can touch you. Maybe we can testify. Maybe we can testify and say, I, I too, I was once blind, man, but now I see. I was lost and I was searching for answers in horoscopes. I was seeing fortune tellers to know my future. I too wore saints and beads and Jesus pieces that meant nothing to me on my neck. Maybe we can tell the world about God's plan instead of having Drake talk about something he don't know about. Church, we have to walk different. Let me close just by dipping our feet. Is it time yet? Let me close just by dipping our feet in the first few verses of chapter 5. Worship team, you guys can come up. (coughs) Ephesians chapter 5, in most versions, it starts with a therefore. Therefore. Remember what I told you about a therefore. Whenever you see a therefore in the scriptures, you got to ask yourself, what is it there for? Well, Paul just finished telling the believers at Ephesus and the believers here today, stop following the crowd. Stop lying. Stop fronting. Stop staying angry. Stop riding dirty. 
Stop talking dirty. Use your words for good to build each other up. The, the, he says in verse 30, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were sealed with and is moving and breathing in you. Listen to me, if you don't have that, we're going to pray that in a minute because you can't walk any different if you don't have the Spirit of God in you. So if you need to make that right with God, we're going to do that in a minute. Hold up. Don't run. But Paul is saying, don't take that gift for granted. And the last thing before the therefore, the, this, he, he says, instead, be kind to one another. Be compassionate. Be forgiving. Just as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore. So the word says, God in Christ forgave you. Therefore. And now we're in five. I'm going to read it in the message because it kind of just makes it very simple. You can put that up there. Ephesians 5. Watch what God does and then you do it. Another version says, be imitators of God. Another version says, follow his example. Watch what God does and then you do it. Children learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us but to give everything of himself. Love like that. See, we love to sing about the reckless love of God. He chases us down, fights till we're found. He leaves the 99. There's no shadow you won't light up. No mountain you won't climb up coming after me. No wall you won't kick down. No lie you won't. But when was the last time we chased somebody down with our love? When was the last time we, we, we kicked walls down to, to stop a fence in between your brother and your sister? When's the last time we tore that stuff down? We lit up every shadow. We tore down every lie. Or do we just like to sing about it? When's the last time we surrendered to the reckless love of God? God is saying in Ephesians 5, love like that. Live like that. That's our, our, our message title for next week, love like that. So if you don't want to hear it, don't come. Love like that. My challenge next week will be love like that. God is saying, what I did, you, you, when, when, what I do, you, when I move, you move. Just like that. 80s head. When I move, you move just like that. That's God. That's God's word to you. When I move, you move just like that. See, the real evidence of God's work in us is not the love we claim to have for God. Only God can see that, but our love for his people that others can see. That's the real evidence. Jesus said they'll know us by our love. That's the only evidence. We can't judge nobody's walk with God. We don't know. The person could be up here crying with mocos all day, every Sunday, and live like the biggest devil on the, in the neighborhood. We don't know. Over here, we say, wow, that, that's a good Christian. This, this, this brother cries every Sunday. That's a good Christian. 
Goes home, beats his wife. Don't have no have baby daddies everywhere. Don't and you know what I'm saying? This ev- this is no evidence. The altar is no evidence. Aye, that's that's a whole nother. The altar is no evidence. We can all fake this. And we do. We fake with each other sometimes. Hey, how you doing? I'm blessed. Woo, I'm blessed. You're just cursing people out in the car. I'm blessed. You just told the kids they better. Come in here. I'm blessed, brother. Amen. Oh, so good and encouraged to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You're green leafing it all up in church. Jesus said the, the only evidence is our love for people that others can see. So Paul says, watch what God does and then you do it. We walk different, church. And so before I give it over to the worship team, I'm going to call some of you out today. Let me warn you, this could get messy. Pastors and ministers and prayer team, I want you to get ready. If you need to come to the front, come to the front. The rest of you, you need to stand, stand. If it's time for you to run, run. This could get messy. Though even the pastors and ministers got scared, they didn't come. Come on, come, come. Let me, I'm a, if you haven't believed in, in Christ, man, if, you don't, if none of this applies to you, man, you don't haven't believed in Christ, you haven't put your faith in God, you haven't been filled with the Spirit of God, then you can't walk different. You can't. You understand? You can't walk different until you have the Spirit of God in you. You can't. You can try to be a good person. People tell me all the time, oh, my grandmother, she don't go to church, but she's my grandmother, man. She's beautiful to everybody. She's loving. Like, God has a special place. If she doesn't know Jesus, there's no place for her. I'm sorry. Right? But that's what the Word says. There's only one name on the heaven and earth by which we can be saved. I'm not here to coddle you. I'm here to tell you the truth. So if you, if, you haven't, if you haven't made that relationship, you haven't received Christ into your heart, you haven't said, God, I'm going to put my faith in you, God. I'm going to believe that you died. I'm going to believe everything in Ephesians 1 through 3, that, that I'm adopted, that I'm predestined, that you chose me before I chose you, that you forgave me, that you accepted me, that you rebuilt me, that you turned to me, that you chased me, that you pursued me even before I came here. If you need to do that today, then, then come up. Don't stop. Come up. Come up now. If you haven't done that, just come up now. You know, I don't like to do these altar calls because, like I said, this could be so phony and fake. But I'm challenging you to be real today. I mean, I dare some of you to be fake today because I think the Spirit will expose you like that. But if you need to make that, if you, if, if you haven't done that, then, then, then let's do that. Let's say, God, I, I, just, I just I received that today. Have the Spirit of God inside you. Now, if you have the Spirit of God inside you, because even as a kid, man, you, 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 you accepted the Lord. Even as a kid, even as a young person, maybe, that might have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so the Spirit of God is inside you. Let me let, me let you know God never left you. And the reason you've been struggling so hard is because you're fighting somebody you can't beat. You're wrestling with somebody that you can't overpower. You can try. Some of us have fought for 15 years. You can try to fight 
away. When God is pursuing you, man, when God is calling you, when you've made that commitment to God, that spirit is inside you, he's telling you. He's, sometimes he'll put your leg out of whack. He'll throw your hip out of whack, and you'll be limping for the rest because you're still trying to fight your and walk your way, and God says, I need you to walk different. If you've been wrestling with God and you need to surrender today, I don't know why you're still sitting. Come. Come, I, I welcome you. Come, come. Come. Who cares who sees you? Who cares? Who cares? Think about it this way. The Spirit of God is seeing you sitting down. The Spirit of God is seeing you wrestling. The Spirit of God is seeing you refusing, saying, Nah, man, I ain't doing nothing. You want me? Move me. You sitting next to somebody cold, just move aside from them because... If you're here and you've been bound by all the things you've allowed in, some of us got handles on the backside. You got open doors. You, you, keep, you want people to come pray in your house, pray over my this, pray for my cat, pray for my dog. My dog is possessed. My cat, my hamster is possessed. My, there's things in my house. Listen, you need to close some doors and you need to remove some handles. Man, we're here to stand with you. We don't have any magic, but together we can pray and, and believe that God will clear this thing. So Come. Come, man, don't, don't stay in your chains. It's foolish. God said, I want them broken. I want to release you. I want you to walk free. Some of us think, well, that's the only, the only way I'll do that. But then, you know, I know I'm going to fall again. Yeah, you're going to fall again. We all do. Guess what? Your pastor falls too. I'm not up here being fake with you. Sometimes I do the things I don't want to do. Sometimes I don't do what I should do. And I have to come broken to God. And I have to say, God, man, I messed that up. And I got to forgive people. So come. And if you're good, then let's just intercede. And let's just pray for those people that are here. Because these are your brothers and sisters. So just intercede. Don't, don't chit-chat. Don't, don't just intercede just for a few minutes before we leave here. As we worship together real soft. Intercede. If you know somebody here and you want to stand with them, come stand with them. Come on. Come on, come on. Young people, please don't, don't think this is like an old person thing. Don't, don't think this is for old people. 
Young people, we can waste so many years not being right with God. And then have to live with all the regrets and stupid mistakes that we make. Please don't listen to the message that the world is sending you. The message that you hear in your iPads. And so, some of you men, I, I watch you at parties and you, you know every word to every song that's out there today. And that message is poison to you. I don't know why, but I, I, I want you to know, like, Drake don't care about you. None of those people you listen to, they don't care about you. It's all about money for them. And so they don't care that you're spitting, that you're reciting everything they say. They don't care that you're, you're the foul and the filthiness that you're, you're sharing. They don't care. They don't care about you. The Father cares about you. And the Father wants to do amazing things with you. So I challenge you young people. Break the cycle, man. Break the hold that this world has on you. Break it.
Just remind you again that in in another hour at two o'clock, another team comes in and we do this all over again. TSF Espanol. So as you leave, please make sure you pick up around you. Make sure you straighten things up, get things ready for our brothers and sisters that are coming, following us. Amen. Amen. Can we just stand together, family? I want to send you home with this song on your heart. You want to help? Can you help us sing this chorus today together? I'm not enough. Just say, I'm not enough unless you come. Will you?
come on, help. Just help us sing. Say, not for a minute was I
Thank you, Lord. Father, we are not enough without you, Jesus. There's nothing we can do separated from you is why you call us to be connected. It's even why you went further and said for us to be connected to each other, Lord. To be connected to this vine, oh God. To Father, Lord, we come today, Lord, with a heart of thanksgiving. We leave this place, Lord, changed because you showed up today, Father. You saw it fit, Lord, that you that we would be here, oh God, and that you would minister and that you would speak to our lives, oh God, and, and to, you would stir up change in us, oh God, and that we would recognize the areas, oh God, that we need to submit to you, and we submit those areas to you, oh God. But Lord, with your patience, because your patience is, is so great, your love is unmeasurable, oh God. But Father, you have not left us alone, oh God. You have not left us, left us to our own will, oh God, but you've given us your spirit. And this change is a reality, Lord, because your spirit lives within us, oh God. So Father, we say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord. That we know we're not enough, but when you come, you are more than enough, oh God. You are more than enough, oh God. You are blessed. Once again, I say this every Sunday because I believe that God has blessed you not to just be selfish with it, but to be a blessing. So go out and be a blessing. Have a wonderful week, people of God. God bless.